Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And uh, Jim, well, another overtime win for the Wild last night. What, I think a point at least in 15 of their last 16. They've really been playing good hockey for quite a while now. And what's remarkable is they were having trouble scoring when they had Kaprizov dominating. And he was really their only major offensive threat. And now with Kaprizov hurt, some, somehow the offense has opened up and they're playing really well. I, I just think the fact that Johansson has helped Boldy really explode offensively has given them more balance, more depth. They're playing really well defensively. Two goalies are both playing well. Last night, you just don't get to see buzzer beaters in hockey. No, right. See an overtime buzzer beater. Boldy taking the puck in the open ice and just speed skating and hitting. I mean, that's... That, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's hard to score in hockey under any circumstances. When you know the clock is running down and you know that the, the goalie knows the clock is running down, to be able to get that shot off, just a brilliant play. Defense was excellent. Gustafson was ex- excellent. Brodeen was excellent. Uh, you know, Dumbo played really well. The whole defense played well. They, they just looked like a really good team right now. Yeah, that's for sure. And Gustafson, you mentioned 47 saves last night, and he seems to be pushing Flurry to, to up his game too. And Flores played well, too. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? That's the kind of difficult decision you want. You want two guys who look like they're vying for the game one of the playoffs start. And I think the good thing is that Flores such a good guy. Gustafson, with his record, I don't think either of them is going to pout too much if they're not number one goalie. The easy decision right now would be you start Flory because of his resume and his uh, legacy and know that if he doesn't play great, that Gustafson can come in you know, later. But we also don't know if they're both going to, you know, it, they don't have to make that decision now. Uh, they can re- reevaluate once they get to the playoffs. Right now, you feel good starting either. Do they have a chance in that first-round series if Kaprizov isn't able to play? Do they have a chance? Yes, because of the nature of the sport. If you can play low-scoring games, if you can play good defense, if you get good goaltending, then anything can happen. Mm-hmm. It's a sport where deflections win games you know funny bounces win games so uh, I wouldn't like their chances but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility Uh, what the you know the high ceiling possibility here is they play great without Kaprizov comes back teams can't just load up on the Kaprizov line defensively Uh, they have a lot of different ways to score goals and now they're very talented and really disciplined team. Uh, the downside is right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing a very hot Colorado team that has great talent. Uh, so it's, you know, this, they're, they're having a, the Wilds having a really good season, really good second half of the season, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, 90 points for them, 90 for Dallas, 88 for Colorado. Uh, so it is tightly bunched. That one through three seed in the central division is really still up for grabs. Yes, and, you know, I think there are about four teams that are playing well in the, really well in the West right now. Uh, you know, I think, the, uh, I, I think that, you know, Vegas has been playing well lately. Uh, Colorado's been playing great lately. Edmonton's been playing well lately. The Wild have been playing well lately. Dallas has been playing pretty well lately. So, I mean, you, you look at, like, the last ten, uh, you know, records in the last ten in the Western Conference – you know, just everybody's won six, seven, eight games uh, recently. It's just a right now. It's a it's a conference that's peaking, and the Wild have done very well to keep up with that. Uh, maybe Carl Anthony Towns on the court tonight for the Timberwolves. I think it was Shams Jarnia in the Athletic uh, saying that that was a possibility uh, for both him and Cat to play tonight. We'll see if that happens. But you know what? About eight, nine games left in the season for them. Is that enough time to 
reintegrate Carl Anthony Towns uh, into the lineup? As we're talking here in the morning, uh, it sounds like Edwards, Edwards and Towns are both listed as questionable. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Edwards will not play. Uh, I'm not sure Towns will play either, but it is a great sign that he's risen to questionable on the on the injury report. He's going to have to go through a couple of workouts before he can get cleared. It could he could play tonight. I wouldn't count on it, but I would guess he's going to play this weekend, which would be great. Um, So. He's not going to come back as Carl Anthony Towns, one of the great, greatest offensive young centers in NBA history. So the question is, what does he come back as? If all he comes back as is a guy who can stand in the corner, shoot threes, defensive rebound for you, that's pretty good. You know, that would really add to what this team does. If you can get him and Edwards back and kind of get some semblance of a rolling offense, uh, you know, ball movement offense with those guys on the court and Towns spotting up in the corner – that could be really good. Uh, you know, it's there's. I'm not saying we know exactly what it's going to look like, but Towns is their best three-point shooter, and he can get a shot off even with somebody in his face because of his reach. Uh, if he can come back shooting the corner three while Edwards is operating in the middle of the floor, while Gobert is commanding attention, uh, that could be pretty interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Isn't the corner three a little different from where Towns was getting his shots, though, when yes. he was playing center? He was at the top a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, he used to shoot a lot out top. Uh, I think the, now that Edwards is dominating the ball outside, now that you have a, a pass-first point guard in Connolly, now that you have Gobert inside, I really do think that the corner three is going to be the, the new key to Towns' game, at least the rest of this season. Well, who knows, you know, once they have a full offseason to get all these people together, who knows what it looks like next year. Right now, I think the idea of having your best three-point shooter shooting the shortest possible three-point shot and stretching defenses is probably what they're looking forward to. And the playoffs are not guaranteed yet uh, for the no, Timberwolves. No. Half a game uh, ahead of the Lakers and the Pelicans, who are on the outside looking in at this point. And yet the five, you know, the six seed, maybe the five still in their reach as well. It's been a bizarre season. It really has. Um, and, you know, the Wolves, that game against the Knicks the other night was brilliant. It was yeah. one of the best most entertaining basketball games I think I've ever seen. Yep. Uh, the problem is the Wolves have fouled so often the, this team has raised our expectations and immediately lost a game they should win. Now, you know, statistically, there's, they shouldn't be that big a favorite against the Hawks. Hawks are 500. The Wolves are a game under 500. But you, you sense, you feel like this is the kind of game that a playoff team should win. They win it, you know, they're not in bad shape going into the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, I mean, we tend to look forward. We tend mm-hmm. to say, okay, how high can they get? The reality is they need to play well just to make a play in game at this point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, you know, so they play Atlanta tonight. And I talked with uh, Alan Horton, the voice of the Timberwolves, yesterday on my podcast. And, and he said that it doesn't appear as though that uh, Trey Young's teammates really enjoy playing with him all that much because, you know, Trey Young is going to shoot the ball when he's going to shoot it, and that's going to be a lot. And he said when he saw him play against the Timberwolves the last time in person, he saw a lot of different body language from Trey Young's teammates. There are stars that are uh, everybody enjoys playing with, and they're kind of magnets that draw their plays to them, and there are other stars who that isn't really the case. No, I think Trey Young drives everybody crazy mm. because not only does he shoot a lot, he takes a lot of bad shots. Yep. And he makes enough of them to justify in his own mind the risk. But if you're, you know, if you're a talented NBA player and you're busting it down the court to get open or you're making a hard cut to get open and Trey Young, instead of throwing it to you for a potential layup or a foul, is shooting a fadeaway off-balance three-pointer 
that's going to get really old really fast. I don't care if you're playing pickup ball uh, or you're playing at the highest level. No, nobody likes that, yeah. you know? And uh, I, I really think he is a problem for that franchise. Uh, let's talk uh, Lamar Jackson a little bit. His uh, situation is an interesting one. Maybe we haven't really seen before uh, in that he's a star and, and nobody is approaching him uh, with an offer, even though he's uh, not an unrestricted free agent. He's, uh, they have another designation for him, a uh, transition tag or something like that. Uh, they call it. It's interesting that uh, teams are stepping up, but the fact that he does not have an agent, that he uses his mother basically as an agent, do you think that's kind of slowing this process down? I think there are a number of problems for, for Jackson. <clears throat> number one is you can't just – like, let's say you're a team that needs a quarterback. If you bring in Jackson, you know you're going to have to pay him a, an ungodly amount of money. You know you have to trade a lot of assets to get him. You know you have to revise your offense to fit his skills. And you know that negotiating with him is not easy. <clears throat> He's a, he's a wonderful player, mm-hmm. and 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 also you know that he has dealt with injuries, mm-hmm. and you know running quarterbacks tend to not age well. So, as good as he is, as much as he deserved Deshaun Con- Watson's contract much more than Deshaun Watson deserved, as much he's still it's still a it feels like a gamble for any team to go out and get him. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens, he has carried the Ravens' offense. He's been the entire Ravens' offense his entire career. And if the Ravens aren't willing to step up and pay him that much, I think that's a warning sign to other teams. So I feel, you know, I feel when I say I feel bad for him, I feel bad for him relative to other professional athletes. He's going to be fine. He's already a rich man, Uh, but relative to other professional athletes, he has put his body on the line. He has been a great player. He's been an MVP. He's a leader. Uh, I'd love to see him get rewarded relative to other people who play his position, but he, has more baggage than most people who play that position. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.